Welcome to the podcast, Happy and Single. I'm your host, Joseph Anderson. You can find me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy. Today is episode 154, and it's entitled, How Do I Thaw Out My Dreams? This is the question that I have been exploring now for the past little while. Not even, not even in a literal sense of exploring this question, but more in a sense of getting back to the person that I once was. I mean, even being able to shake off the rust, shake off, shake off the ice. I do. I, I, like that, I like that idea of thawing out our dreams. Because as little kids, we all had them. Nobody had to force you to work on your dreams as a little kid. Now, this was probably before the era of distra- like the countless distractions of tablets and everything else that a lot of kids these days face. But when we were kids, we did not have to force ourselves. We wanted to be out there playing. Oh my goodness, one of my favorite things to do is to play sports. I love sports. However, I went from the point of being that little kid that, you know, it's interesting. As little kids, we love to dream. We love to play. I mean, I remember many times, you know, me and one of my cousins would play baseball in my grandma's backyard. And we would, we would sit there and I'd be up to the bat and it'd be, I'd say, it's the bottom of the ninth in the world, game seven of the World Series. There's two outs, three balls, two strikes, full count. In other words, if I hit this pitch over the wall, we, did ha- we actually did have a, a home run over the wall. If I hit this pitch over the wall and hit a home run, I win game seven of the World Series. You know what's interesting about that to me now, though? We didn't say, well... It's game four of the World Series. He's up to bat. It's the, ni- it's the ninth inning, and all they have to get is one run to win the game, and, th- and they've got three outs to do it. Why didn't we do that? I think we loved the pressure as little kids because it wasn't pressure. It was just part of the game because we knew none of it was real. I wasn't actually at bat in the World Series, but oh my goodness, was it fun to imagine? But today, if we get a little bit of pressure, we freak. Oh my goodness, it's, it's the end of the month. It's the end of the month and I've got a bill to pay and I don't know how I'm going to do it. We don't look at that with the same joy a little kid does. Because we feel like there's so much on the line. And the only thing that's on the line in that moment is our thought, first of all, that everything is over. I mean, let's say even if you were, and I've been at that space many times in my life, and oftentimes, you know, I found a way to make it through. Sometimes it was my parents helping me out. Other times it was a client bringing a check. Other times it was other things. 
But we found a way. The only reason that whatever game you are playing in your life feels so hard is because you've added so much thought pressure to it that, oh my goodness, if I don't make this bill, then I'm going to be out on the streets. And are you really? I mean, this is something that I'll really ask my clients at times. I mean, it's like I recently asked a client that's working on a particular venture, you know, how long they could kind of survive as they were working on that venture. And then they told me a number that they had in their savings that I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, here I was sitting thinking that this individual was, you know, really, really struggling, and they were fine. You know, they didn't have like $100,000 in their bank account or anything, but they were fine. With their expenses, they would, they would be able to do what they want to do. And, and so I think we, just, we make things so much bigger in our heads that it takes all of the fun out of the game. Like, what if you could, what if you could look at that with, with like a little kid, with as much joy? Oh my goodness, yeah, it's the, it's, it's the end of the month. How am I going to make it through? What, what, what amazing miracle is going to happen? Or what inspiration, what step am I going to be guided and directed to take to make this work? I, I know that God is a God of the fourth watch. What, what does that mean? It, in, in a very simple way, it means like, the very wee hours of the morning, after you think everything is lost, that's when Heavenly Father comes in and saves you. Because if He does it any sooner, we'll think it's all us. I want to come back to this idea of thawing out our dreams. The truth for me is I've been seeking to thaw out some of those childhood dreams. And not even, that, not even my childhood dreams so much as that childhood magic. That childhood magic, that childhood belief. You know, I wrote a cool, a cool article a while back. I've gone away from articles as much, but it's called Bring Me to Life. If every one of us could simply bring ourselves to life, bring those dreams back to life, that, and not even so much the dreams, like, would I want to go play in the major leagues? I don't know. Did I want to as a child? Oh, yes, very much so. And I think the people around me really did help to squash that dream. But it was my job to let it die. And I take full responsibility for that. There have been plenty of people that have had people around them that have tried to squash their dreams, and they've basically said, no, you will not squash my dream. 
I remember this story told of this boy that, you know, tells his teacher that he's going to have this massive horse ranch. And he wrote a paper on it. This is a story told in Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles. But he said, I'm going to have this awesome horse ranch. And his teacher told him, keep in mind that the teacher, the person that's supposed to nurture their dreams, right? The teacher told him, you got to be more realistic. Rewrite the paper and I'll give you a better grade. And they'd given him like a C or something. And he said, you keep your grade. I'll keep my dream. I believe that Heavenly Father is trying to thaw us out through the warmth of His Spirit, through the warmth of His love. And sometimes we believe we're just so messed up. We believe we're so past His ability to reach out and help us. There's a beautiful scene in the movie, The Chronicles of Narnia, where Aslan, the character that represents Christ in The Chronicles of Narnia, simply blows on these frozen characters and they unthaw and come back to life. And as I'm sitting here thinking and contemplating about that, there's one difference that a lot of people don't understand. You know, I paused for a moment and went back and watched part of that part of that movie. There's a difference. So, I mean, she she had the witch had basically turned all of these people to stone, and all Aslan has to do is breathe on them. And and I was trying to think, it's like, okay, well, that'd be nice. So what's the difference? Well, the difference between you and I is that unlike in this movie where I I hadn't noticed this up until watching it now, but he actually kills the witch and literally just says it is finished. They just don't show much of it because it's it's a kid's movie. But it was never meant to be a kid's movie. I don't know if you guys know this, but Chronicles of Narnia was actually written for adults, not little kids. Because those are really battles we face all the time. And I know some of this might be a bit too far for some of you guys. But I I really do believe there is an adversary named Satan. And not just him, but his entire third of the host of heaven that came down with him. That are constantly messing with us. So why is it that we can't just go back to Heavenly Father and be totally free and cleansed from you know, an an unthawed because we still have an adversary on this earth. But also it makes us stronger. And so how do we, 
if we constantly have an adversary messing with us, how do, how do we get back to that childhood magic? We have to notice and ignore the thoughts that come from, it, it's a combination of the adversary and our habitual thinking and all of that, that I sum up to call it crazy leprechaun thinking. You know, I'm taking actually quite a bit of time to pause during these, during today's podcast. Because the answer is, I don't know. I, I haven't done an amazing job. Like, honest, honestly, when I, when I sit and plan, it's like my thinking gets so incredibly heavy. And, and the thought that comes is just to slow down. If you were in a San Francisco fog, you would just slow down. You would be more intentional about each of your steps. Heck, sometimes we wish that we could just be thought out and we could instantly return to that childlike magic and joy. I'm very protective of my nieces and nephews, especially one of the youngest ones that exhibits this childlike magic and joy because I never want them to lose it. It's funny, the further I along in this episode I go, the more frustrated I'm getting. Because I do wish it was like a switch. That we could just magically flip on and all of those joys would come back to us. I mean, one thought that does come is start doing the things you love to do. And when, and when thoughts arise that you shouldn't be doing it, you can always check in with the Spirit and say, hey, is this okay? And the thought comes that maybe the magic doesn't just come all at once. Maybe, like, you have moments in your life when you do feel that childlike magic. When you just forget about anything else. It's like when I, my, my, my parents, when I was older, we had, uh, so I mean, this wasn't that many years ago, probably about five, somewhere between five to ten years ago. They actually bought me a, they bought me a full-size hockey goal. And at the time, I was just loving, loving hockey. I still do. It's one of those things that makes me literally come alive and feel like a kid. I haven't been able to play for a while because of some different injuries and such. But that's what makes me come alive. Like, do the things that make you come alive. And you might be thinking, Joseph, I don't even know where to start. Hey, I don't either. (laughs) 
But sports, for some reason, does make me come alive. I love them. I love to play them. I like to watch them. There are certain people that have enlightenment-type experiences, and re- like it just seems the world is not able to get to them anymore. I- I'm not at that place. But, you know, the Scottish ma- mystic Sidney Banks that I refer to plenty, when he talked about how he'd pretty much conquered the world after he had his enlightenment-type experience. He knew what to listen to. He knew what not to listen to. And maybe there's something there, too, about like the desperation to try to thaw these out immediately. It doesn't work like that. I mean, I've even found myself at times watching movies that used to give me joy as a kid, as an adult. I mean, it's some of them just, they just don't do it as much anymore. It's like, if you've never seen the movie Batman 66 or any of the movies or any of the, the episodes around that, that was one of the corniest shows that existed. And as a child, I loved it. I actually, for Halloween, so for the past, like, oh, goodness, since 2008, I've pretty much been Batman. I bought a costume in 2008, and I've pretty much been it ever since. And this year, I finally bought a new costume. And I was so excited to get it. And I I tried it on last night for the first time. I'm back in the Midwest, so I can go trick-or-treating and stuff with my nieces and nephews. And I tried it on last night, and it was so cool. It was a Leonardo Ninja Turtle costume. Well, the more I learn to ignore, because I'm definitely guessing there's going to be a few people that might have some thoughts when I'm dressed up as a Ninja Turtle walking around with my nieces and nephews. I'm, I'm learning to heed them not. One of the things that I wrote on this list of things that I wanted to come out of meeting with, I was supposed to meet with this awesome coach today and she ended up getting sick. And, but I'd spent like a ton of time thinking about what I wanted and just settling and all that stuff. Because this is just, you know, an amazing opportunity. I said, I want to, I want to learn to be indifferent to other people. To indifferent to what other people think. Not indifferent to other people and be rude or mean or any of that stuff. But indifferent to what they think. I want to be back to me. I want to be the unthawed, unapologetic version of me. That's what I'm learning. You know, I'm sitting here and I keep having the thought come through, man, this podcast is not flowing today in the slightest. And I can tell you the reason for that. Because these are things I'm learning too. These are things I'm wanting to explore so I can see more around this. So I can see more about 
thawing and chipping away all the ice. Now, it's interesting that on the, on the Chronicles of Narnia, the lion, witch, and wardrobe, they're all turned into stone. And I think sometimes as, we go, as I go through life, my heart at times does become more and more like stone. You know, I just, I just paused for a moment. I listened to a song called, I think it's called Heart of Stone from the musical Six. Really cool song. I, guys, I, I think especially as single people, what is, what is the thing that softens our hearts, like that makes them not stone? It's love. What's the thing that a lot of us feel like we don't have? It's love. So how in the world can you find love when you don't have love? I, I know that my life, parts of it have been very hard. People can think whatever they want. It, it's been, parts of it have been incredibly hard as all of you guys too. Like every one of us has been through some real stuff. And some days are so hard. And other days are better. And some days we want to just go back. We want to just literally turn back time and fix things. But that doesn't work. So as, as I thought about back to that scene in, in Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know, by Aslan breathing his love onto each of those stones, they revived. I have experienced in my life at a time, life just felt more than I could bear. That love. And I know it's there. That doesn't mean I feel it every day. That doesn't mean I feel it, you know, even all the time. But I do know that Heavenly Father exists. I know that Jesus Christ is our loving Savior. Yeah, there's a scripture that says we love him because he first loved us. And I, I think a lot of times that's how it is with one of my younger nephews. He loves me so incredibly much and shows me all the time. Well, not all the time, but a lot of times. Like Sometimes I'll, I'll try to call him and stuff and he'll be like, Joseph, I don't, I don't want to talk. I want to watch my TV show. But especially when I'm, at, when I'm at his house, he shows me a ton of love. And I am so grateful for that. And by spending time with him, by spending time with people that exhibit that joy and that Christ-like love, it makes us feel it's okay. I had a very, very deep conversation with this coach I was supposed to meet with today. And I, I think I might have mentioned it briefly, but 
she was able to see me in a way that a lot of people can't. You know, as I'm sitting here, I'm just, I'm thinking of how the experiences in my life have shaped me and molded me and also turned my heart somewhat to stone. And as I think about certain things that seem like almost sure things that were then taken from my life, that hurt more than you would know. You know, when my when when we came super close to adopting when back when I was younger, my, my parents adopting a kid, a couple of them, and it seemed for sure like that was a sure thing. And it's one thing to not ever like create a vision, create an image of you with a person and have that never be a part of your life. It's another one you have created that vision of, oh my goodness, this is happening. This is so cool. I'm going to be a big brother. I'm going to have a little brother. And then to have that ripped out of your life hurts like words I, I can't even say. You know, and the same in relationships. I will tell you this, though. You know, part of that song of six, The Heart of Stone, is being about being unbreakable. And if there's one thing I want to be unbreakable in, it's keeping my commitments to Heavenly Father. I don't mean in a sense of, oh, I commit to read the scriptures, I commit to do this. I mean, very simply, you know, not do anything that would prevent me from returning to his presence. I believe everything in our life is trying to test us. It's trying to test us to see, what are you made of? Do you have the courage to get backed up? You know, there's a, there's a scene in The Longest Yard, which is far from a, a sentimental movie, but there's a scene in The Longest Yard where Adam Sandler is trying to get a bunch of super tough guys to be on his football team. And he goes and he plays basketball, and every single point he scores, this guy just beats him up, like literally physically beats him up. And finally at the end, I think Adam Sandler even character even loses the game but the guy says the guy or, or one of the guys watching says I'm in anyone that can take that kind of beating I'm in I, I, I think really like the purpose of this life is to find joy and the purpose of this life is to be tested but what is the test? To see if we'll do the things that Heavenly Father asks us to do. No matter what they are. No matter how hard they are. And we can ask Him for guidance. We can go to Him and 
tell them our hopes and our dreams, and sometimes it feels like nobody's listening. Sometimes it feels like we've been abandoned. Sometimes we're like, why in the world is, are these things happening in my life? But I promise you, and I even testify to you, the Heavenly Father knows what He's doing. Doesn't mean I do. Doesn't mean I like it. But there's a peace in knowing. There's a peace in knowing that you're doing the right thing. That you're doing the things that the Lord would have you do. That you're staying true and faithful to Him. You know, as, as I think back and, you know, the, the other day, my, my mom and I were driving a long distance to come to visit my nieces and nephews. I did. I thought back on some of the dreams, some of the other things, and, and it's like, would I change those things? And the truth is, if I could have the understanding that I have now, that I share with you guys, and have lived some of those amazing experiences and not got sucked in by everything around them, would I take it? Absolutely. Would I take being on like the high school basketball team and playing you know, amazing games and, and playing in college? Absolutely, in a, in a half of a second. Because I love those things. Now, number one, that's not possible. But I can go do the things I love to do. And I don't have to, I don't have to sit and think about all the experiences that I've missed out on. Because the very act of thinking about the experiences I've missed out on is making me miss more experiences. I've got what I've got. And so do you. Howard Thurman said, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive. Because what the world needs is people that have come alive. Go try stuff. Like, you're not going to find, like, one of the things I love about the Chronicles of Narnia, they never get back to Narnia the same way. We don't get back to that childlike magic, that childlike joy, the exact same way. I want to live a life that's uninhibited, unrestrained, just loving every second of my life. And part of that's going to be making mistakes, and part of that's going to be, be, be okay with making mistakes. But the more you throw yourself into life, like it's hard to get actively involved in almost anything without feeling it. It's when we're thinking, oh, well, the magic's not here. Relax. The magic's there. You just have to let it unsettle. You just have to let it rise to the surface. Throw yourself into stuff and don't worry about how you're feeling in the moment. If it's something you enjoy doing, go do it. And turn to the Lord to experience His love. 
I know some of you out there might not even be religious, but turn to whatever thing it is that's bigger than you. Turn to, turn to God that loves you. Ask him to feel of his love. Ask him to feel that he gives a care about you. And ask him for his guidance, his help, and his assistance. I know today has been all over the place. And it has been a very labored podcast. This did not flow in the slightest. Because I'm speaking about things that I don't entirely understand. Because my heart is not soft. My heart is not warm. My heart still has some stone. But I do know the more I do things that I enjoy and just try to take a breath and relax, not paying so much attention to the thoughts going through my head, the better that I do. Uh, You know what? And you're going to hear my voice change a little because something just shifted for me. I can't do, I cannot go back and relive that childhood magic because I'm not a child. I know stuff about the world. I know how things actually work. And I know also how people think they work. The thing that I know, the more that I throw myself, the more that I throw my heart into the game, whatever game I'm playing, whether it's going out and serving and coaching or doing my podcast or whether that's writing my book, or whether that's getting in shape, whether that's throwing myself into the games that I enjoy playing now, the less that I worry about the thinking that I have on my mind at that moment, the better off that I do. And the more that I enjoy my life, your joy is an indicator. Your joy is a pointer of of part of that magic. Joy is the magic. We just didn't have so much thinking getting in the way when we were little kids. So go do what you love to do. And if you think you might love something, go try it. Try it and see if it sticks. If it sticks for you, go do it. And go do more of it. The things that you love, do more of. The things that you don't enjoy, do less of. And go figure, you'll actually enjoy your life. Now, I appreciate you guys hanging out till this long because up until that kind of clicked for me, it was like, well, what's the point? You know, I don't even know what to tell you guys to do because I don't know. But I do know when you throw yourself into life with reckless abandon, reckless abandon mean I don't care what anyone thinks. Let it be whatever they want to think, whatever they want to say. I don't care anymore. Now, I I say that even though I I have plenty of thoughts about me caring. And go do what you love. Throw yourself into life. If you want to play a video game, throw yourself into a video game. If you want to go play sports, throw yourself into that. If you want to read a book, throw yourself into that. But stop paying attention so much to what you think. Stop paying so much attention to the crazy leprechaun thinking that either is very subtly trying to pull you down with realistic thoughts or other thoughts of saying, oh, you can't go after your dream because you didn't, get, you didn't do what you wanted to do in the last few years. Well, if you haven't done what you wanted to do in the last few years, now is the time to start. Now is the time to dive in. Because otherwise, in 10 years later, you're going to be having the exact same conversation with yourself. So 
Go start living your life. Stop worrying about whether your heart is a heart of stone, a heart of a warm heart, a heart of whatever. Start living your life. Start living your joy. And you can also ask Heavenly Father to see you as he sees you. And you can ask the Savior to warm up your heart and help you to love more people. I think when you have more charity for others, there's a whole chapter in in the Book of Mormon, it's called Moroni 7, that talks all about love and about praying for this love. Because when we have this love for others, we're not so worried, we're not so paying attention to ourselves, we're not so worried about all the things that we have or haven't done in our lives. We're worried about the moment now, in this present moment, now is the childlike joy. So live in this moment, stop worrying about the past, So stop worrying about anything whatsoever that you've done, all the heartache, all the trials, everything that you've been through. Take the wisdom that you have now and say, okay, what do I know about now? I know that when I do, when when I get caught up in my thinking about the past, it does not serve me well. And when I hear other stories about the past, other people talk about, oh, if only this would have been better in my life, then life would be better. No, no. Take what you know now and do the best you can from here on out because you can't do anything different. The only thing you can do anything about is this moment now and beyond. But even beyond, you can think about, you can, you can you know, contemplate, but you can't even do anything about that. So whatever it is you have felt guided and directed to do after listening to this today, I would invite you to go do it. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but that way, if you ever want to get back here again, it's right there for you in your subscriptions. And if you haven't already joined us, one of the really cool things that I do that's free for anyone that would like to participate is each Monday morning at 10 a.m. Arizona time. I host a group coaching call for Happy and Single. Anyone is welcome to come on, and you can even receive a little bit of one-on-one coaching time with me, depending on how many people are in the call. Now, every now and then, that schedule changes, so you can go to the website happynsingle.com to be able to look at the schedule and also to be able to find the link to the Zoom room. Now, at the same time, if you would prefer a more one-on-one type of coaching experience where you can sit down and share your hopes and dreams and, and just kind of the stuff going on in your world, then there's another option available for you as well. Now, the bulk of my business is actually doing one-on-one coaching. If that's something you're interested in exploring, I've got a few spots open in my coaching practice. You can just message me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy, and we can sit down and have a chat. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I've worked with people across the world. I do everything over Zoom, so it actually makes it pretty easy. Thank you guys so much again for listening. And go out and live your adventure. Thank you.